podcast to have eclectic and impactful conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. If it were just about fun, it would be easy to do. Peak experience and ecstasy is a fire that makes our being more malleable. Our rigid boundaries and perceptions change, quaking beneath us like a seed bursting out of its husk to grow and blossom. The life force that wants to grow, to become, to blossom, to shine, to exist, begins with an explosion that directly confronts its perimeter, its boundaries, its protection. The seed husk remained until the conditions were right. It's not just about life gifting us this peak state randomly or through luck. Ecstasies and peak experience can be created gardened and cultivated in the body, in our expression, in our movement, in our consciousness. Through the gateways of storytelling, myth, astrology, and embodiment, ecstasies is a ceremonial immersion into peak experience, which is to say it's about fun, but also deepening our capacity to hold, sustain, be moved by, create, with that electric rush we taste at the top. What if it weren't just a grace in life we meet by chance or by the right circumstances, but we remembered the expansive, seemingly out-of-control ecstasies of that part of us who originally said yes to life? Ecstasies is a Dionysian mythopoetic ritual experience hosted by astrologer Sabrina Monarch and embodiment guide and ceremonialist Carla Palomino in Crete, Greece, June 21st to June 25th, 2023. I am beyond excited to be sharing this news with you that Carla and I will be sharing this Dionysian mythopoetic ritual experience in the beautiful island of Crete, Greece, this summer. And in this episode, we are sharing about peak experience. This is a IG Live that we did the other day right after announcing our event. And if you want to see it on Instagram and see us, you can go to either one of our Instagram profiles, which I have linked in the notes, or you can listen to the audio and go on the ride with us here. Also in the notes, you will find the link to the Ecstasies page and application. We're calling nine of you players for this amazing, ecstatic experience in a land that has called my heart more than any land ever has. Crete is so beautiful and what better place to explore the myths that we'll be exploring than the lands from which they originated. I'll leave you to our discussion on peak experience now. Take some deep breaths. 
So just finding a comfortable position to sit in. Let your belly fill up with breath like a balloon. And release through the mouth with a sound. <sighs> Letting the sound rumble all the way down to your pelvic bowl. And let's do this again. So when you inhale, it's like a balloon. You're filling up your pelvic bowl. You're swelling. And then on the exhale, as it's out through the mouth, the sound comes down, rumbling through the throat. Ha! <sighs> down, out through your pelvic bowl into the core of the earth. So we're going to do that a few times. Another one. This time, really let your tongue out. Hold at the top for a moment. Out. Let that space be there after the breath. And then one more time, deep inhale. And then give a little flutter to your lips. Let the skin off your face dance. Like let your face be loose. And then pause and just feel, just sense. Bringing the energy, any energy from your from your head, from your crown, down through the central channel. Into your pelvic bowl. Placing your hands on your pelvic bowl, either your belly or your womb or your actual genitals. And feel your energy contained. Feel the holding of your life force energy, the holding of your creative arrows. And with that, opening your eyes and welcoming yourself into, into this space, into the sacred space that Sabrina Monarch and I are holding here to talk with y'all about Ecstasies. Ecstasies. And very specifically, peak experiences. <laughs> so this frequency around peak experience has me thinking about all these times in my life where the pursuit of fun or being in this heightened, expanded state of life started to break things open inside of me and transform stuck places in my body, stuck places of holding. Um, I didn't always understand what was happening. Like it would even be like involuntary shaking, like um, being like, what is this? Why am I shaking after like a positive or super magical, like kind of high frequency experience? I also had a time period um, in my early 20s where I took on the experiment of rewiring my own brain chemistry myself through my imagination and intention 
in which I stopped falling into the neurological pathways of my depression and of that kind of like stagnant space inside of myself and chose to climb out of it and find footholds to get higher and higher and higher to the point even when I would be in these radically happy states of consciousness where I would be like this is inappropriately happy (laughs) and yet I can fucking hold myself here no one's gonna come and be like you're too happy we're taking you away right but that feeling of like the taboo of being inside of that kind of height but also the way that it's celebrated that it's desired right but that we have these edges these walls these places where we come up against our own habitual limitations where it doesn't feel necessarily easeful or permissible to feel that way Mm. Mm. right so for me it has me connected connecting to when i think of peak experiences and my own relationship to peak experiences in my life it has been really going into the edges of addiction and uh, the hungry ghost of following uh, high sensation experiences because my personal nervous system has really big capacity and um, learning how to root myself into the earth to be really really plugged into the earth as I am flying out and being able to bring myself back into the roots after these experiences in a way that isn't incessantly feeding like isn't feeding the hungry ghost isn't feeding my addictions and taking me further into illusion but actually giving me a blueprint of another layer of liberation inside of my own being that shreds old identities shreds old programming shreds old patterns and brings me into this more expansive state of what my actual embodied truth is at a soul level and being able to weave it into my egoic persona right being able to bridge the inner world of what's actually inside of me deep deep inside and bring it out into the outer expression into my embodiment and hold that as a day-to-day embodiment and Peak experience is really for me has been the place like when I've really tethered and when I really learned how to ground myself in my own nervous system in my in my pelvic bowl has been what has given me the opportunity to learn how to ride the somatic wave of emotions and sensations staying with myself right receiving the visions receiving the whispers receiving all of the psychedelic uh consciousness reality that is available to me not even through the usage of any like plant medicines and we're not talking about that here we're talking about what's what's really possible through our own breath through our own body when we open to this um embodied wisdom of peak experience Hmm. i love that visual sensation of being so rooted as you fly totally Um, And that anchoring, I feel like there's so many layers of anchoring and integrating peak experience. Um, And sometimes, you know, like we can go at it from different directions, like a peak experience that's kind of a deep contrast to the rest of our life starts to 
shake up like what we think our life is about. So it is a form of awakening. Right. right? It's because it, it shakes up the ideas of who you are. It kind of can at times feel like tectonic plates shifting beneath you and your grounded sense of reality starts to crumble. You're like, oh, I, but I thought I was this person or I thought I was like that thing. And then you start to watch it burn up in front before you and you start to feel into actually what is infinite inside of you and it fucks you up. (laughs) Yeah. There's a grief to it too, because it's like, tasting paradise or heaven and then being like I have to go back to this other thing like what the fuck you know and it starts to um I think it has the potential to really hold us to a higher degree of excellence it's like Audre Lorde talking about uses of the erotic like once we taste this depth of our capability to feel we you know expect no less of ourselves so it does radically change our lives and in this direction of um, you know, this deep happiness or fulfillment, or it feels like hummingbird wings, like beating so fast, like this, like heightened frequency with which to align our lives. Right. Mm. Um, or if you're someone that naturally goes to that place all the time and you don't have a lot of inhibition from that, there's like being there first and then, yeah, the rooting down and anchoring so that you're like able to sustain and carry that energy into your life. I've kind of come at it from, I've always had, I think like a, a natural resonance with peak experience, but I've also had so many experiences of like compact layers over that, like feeling almost like condensed in my energy. And when I've broken out of it, like I've had so many different times in my life of these explosive magical experiences to where I really had to work and learn how to hold them in a more everyday consistent way so that I wasn't completely blasted out and yet ceremonially in my life I'll have these new thresholds of expansion which shake me to my core even if I'm having a great time and it burns up burns out all of the programming inside of me that can't go there or that is um, bound or kind of shackled to this more restricted way of being Um, so it I find peak experience to really be like a alchemical agent for changing my life really and changing my habits. Mm. Mm. What I'm thinking about as you're, as you're saying this is, um, my own personal, my own personal experience of, of peak experience and the way that I'll give a little background story. So for me, for me, I, (laughs) I always was a child with a lot of energy, like a lot, a lot of energy, you know, like diagnosed seven years old, ADHD, put on medication ages seven to 17 on and off for, um, for this ADHD and, you know, started experimenting with, um, alcohol, with ganja, with, LSD with mushrooms since about 13, 14, MDMA, all the things. And for a really long time, it was like I was I was getting really lost in these things. I was getting really, really lost in these substances and these plants um, without having any context for my relationship to spirit, for my relationship to the divine or what it was that I was actually looking for inside of myself. 
And there came a point where, yeah, I stopped drinking quite early and I stopped uh, smoking weed quite early, but I traded it for uh, yoga and transformational festivals and kind of these back-to-back spiritual experiences that would still take me to the edge of my edge, but I still didn't, I still wasn't really tethered to something inside of myself. And even though I was still like dancing at that time and I was still, I was a hula hooper and I still, you know, was able to, um, to move through my body and express creatively, there was, there was a link that wasn't quite mm, like anchored inside of me. Right. And so when I found my first embodiment teacher and I started to, uh, without the use of any substances at all, really with my, and this started before I met her, but her work helped me deepen into this. When I started to build a conscious relationship to my body, when I started to really move intuitively from a deep place inside of myself, when I started to work with my nervous system, when I started to work with my breath and really increase my capacity for sensation, it started to lead me into learning like learning grief through my body right so for me my experience with grief was not something that i first learned about in a book or even had much of a conceptual intellectual grasp on it was an experience that took me down into the depths like going into (laughs) the underworld right like persephone like having having the the pomegranate seed and going down and in through my womb through the down and feeling so much grief and opening like simultaneously as I was opening so much erotic life force at once where suddenly it's like even though I was dancing before and having peak experiences and they weren't really fully rooted in my body like I wasn't fully anchored um it was like no there was no sustainable transformation right there was no sustainable transformation in the peak experiences that I was having because there wasn't a tether. But when I started to consciously be inside of embodied rituals and ceremonies and experiences that were peak experiences, right? But I had, I was guided deeply in and I was, it was, it was less of an external thing and more of like a deep internal space. As my arrows was opening, my capacity to feel grief was simultaneously opening at the same time. And so side by side, like this weaving of deep, deep pleasure was deep, deep grief. And through that came the awakening to creativity, like through being able to really sustainably create. Like this is when I started writing a lot of poetry. This is when I started to make videos. This is when I started to dance. This is where I started to... um, have more of a bridge to the elements to the land and and this directly happened through my own body and through being able to cultivate tend to and sustain peak experience in my body without with with having with having myself rooted into something so what about the taboo of peak experience like um I guess to start out with that, I I had an awakening when I was 21 that led me to this huge amount of sudden like energy in my body and I was like the happiest I'd ever felt and I started to have so much energy that I felt like 
even my inhibitions and conversations were gone. I could talk to anyone on the street. Like I was having psychic visions all of a sudden. Um, and at night, without any framework, psychological like or otherwise, um, I was processing like all of this material in my early life where I didn't feel authentic or where I felt like I'd strayed away from my true nature. And I was super angry about it um, and mm. having this whole kind of like energy freeing up about it but I also had a dream that told me to speak all the time without filter and that it would set me free <laughs> and lies <laughs> I, I went with it <laughs> I went all the way with the vision of that dream and um, it resulted in my family thinking I was crazy so in that process um, I also like I felt like the psychiatrist will see that I'm happier than I've ever been. Like nothing, you know, <laughs> I'll be fine. <laughs> I'm so healthy. Why would they, you know, do anything or whatever? Um, I was super wrong, super naive. Um, I got this like diagnosis that I never identified with. And I ended up having to fake my way through psychiatric attention. But what I felt in my experience was that even though I did not appropriately utilize that energy that was streaming through me because of um, lack of wisdom or it being my first time feeling that alive, that it didn't mean that it was wrong. Mm. Like I simply just had to learn how to wield it better. Mm. But I could not make that argument with the authority figures around me. Um, and so I just kind of had to, you know, my process after that, um, as I healed from that experience, I you know, would find my way back to these like peak experiences in my own privacy with myself and feel safe in my body feeling that high. And like, yeah, no one's gonna come commit me kind of thing. And that felt like an extremely powerful thing to actually be able to claim that feeling. Um, and it also reminds me too of like being in, in high school, um, and starting to realize that I liked smoking weed, um, I kind of like had a time, had my phase with it, but it was like the most wrong thing to do inside of the cultural context. Like if I got caught with it at school, my life would explode and it would be ruined. You know, I could get kicked out of school, whatever. And to me, like I didn't get in trouble like that. So I had this experience of noticing that when I was secretly high, doing this kind of like edgy thing inside of the reality that I was like having a great time, having interesting conversations, bonding with my family, doing well in school and no one knew any better. Hmm. And I was like, what is this thing that I've been told is so wrong hmm. that I'm actually really enjoying myself. And I had the kind of wherewithal of like, at least in high school, of like I don't need to break the veil break the fourth wall, you know, get up in front of everyone and be like, guess what? I'm high, you know, and like ruin the whole thing. Um, <laughs> I just did it privately. And it was when I was 21 and had that awakening that I decided like, let's rip the veil back and I'm going to tell everyone my visions without any boundaries. And because of the extreme disaster of that event, you know, how much it fucked up my life and derailed it for a moment. Mm. Um, I came back with a vision of like, I was not wrong to feel that high. I'm allowed to have that kind of sensation running through my body. I need to know how to weave it into my life in an intelligent way. And so I went on to develop my astrology practice, build my career, 
um, build a life where I work for myself and I'm able to travel and able to visit friends all over the world and again kind of create or enter these peak experiences that I have a much stronger foundation within myself, like my capacity to hold myself, um, but also my my understanding of social reality and how to like collaborate with the world and not go off the rails in a way that frightens people around me. But you know, I've I've been there and I don't regret um, having lost my mind for a moment. It was quite an education. Um, but I think that what I felt was so sad about this experience like in conversations with other people was like a lot of people receive a diagnosis like that or kind of have that run in um you know one way to look at madness is that it's like um a fever in the system like there's a heat right and people would um think that there was just something wrong with them and that they should never feel that way again that they were clearly you know, and so I think there is something about it shows up in different ways for people, but that kind of like high frequency, intense elixir of like this deep sensation of aliveness and fun and joy can run into like mania or addiction or delusion. Like it, there are these ways that it can go awry, but it's not meant to be completely thrown out. It's like there is an intelligence and a skill of how to be with that. Um, and a trust that we build in our consciousness and in our bodies. Um, and what I love about some of the myths that we're going to be working with is that um, Dionysus, who's this god of revelry and ecstasy and like the party, right, is married to Ariadne, who understands how to trace back through the labyrinth. Ariadne has this magic string that helps people not get lost in the maze um, and not get eaten <laughs> by the Minotaur. And so if we think about like, what is our own inner Dionysus Ariadne um, aspect within where it's like, we can go far in that, that bone, like shatter, like, shat, like what, no, not shattering, we're not trying to shatter our bones, but like <laughs> that kind of um, body shaking ecstasy. Um, it's the involuntary. Yeah, yeah. It's the involuntary, it's, it's the space, it's, it's what I refer to in my work, whether I'm, no matter where I'm guiding, right? I'm, I'm, I'm tapping us into the wisdom of our body. It is the wisdom of the instinctual. It is the wisdom of the primordial that understands how to be led by this involuntary force that is inside of us, that we do so much stuff to suppress, to not trust, to control, to hold, to, um, you know, and this is ancestral, this is societal, this is like our nervous system patterning. This has a lot of different reasons as to like why we do this. It's not, it's not even, it's not even like making it wrong. It's just that um, this, this force that I, that I call the feminine, right? And, and you don't have to call it that, but to me, this involuntary force in the feminine comes and consumes the, that part of us that in that when we are guided to these experiences want to have control and we are taken into that space where we have to render our control where we let go and that is the is the shaking up it is the heating up it is that's, there's fire in it there's there's grief it's 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 this it's that it's that energy of when you are like crying hysterically and then you are 
feeling like you're on the edge of an orgasm and then you're like laughing and then suddenly it's just like quiet stillness. Hmm. And imagine... And being able to ride the edges of, 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 of subtlety as well, right? Because, you know, sometimes with peak experiences, like sometimes people have this idea of of the wild or what what is high sensation that's like like it's like it's like it's like it's like so much of this kind of energy to feel something and to me it's about the range and so uh, like if that in a moment is true fabulous let's go with that right but for 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 other systems or in other moments and times or maybe five minutes later or whatever the highest sensation can actually come from like feeling into the way that your breath is dancing in your body, right? It's the way that your skin is, like your hand is caressing your own skin. It's like this very vulnerable, erotic, sense of being so connected to your sensations that it's like like there's worlds inside of that space there's worlds inside of that space i'm really grateful for carla's work um i think carla you're i think you're the one that introduced me to the involuntary in this particular way um because the conditioning, all these factors that have us like clamp that energy down is so thick. Um, and to begin to unveil it and to allow the, our essence to flow through our embodiment, it, for me, it moves through these layers of like, this is shameful or like, I can't be this way or like, I, I need to kind of get it together kind of thing. And the permission, the teaching, the understandings that I've picked up from Carla and the ceremonies that I've participated in with Carla, um, it's like trusting the intelligence of that involuntary energy and being guided by it opens up these entirely new worlds, new freedom, a real like enduring change in my whole life, honestly, like it changed my creativity. Um, and opened my capacity up and gave me more energy and more life force. Um, and so, yeah, I'm super grateful for that. And I'm super excited to be collaborating with you on this retreat because my um, my work has been so much in the, the myth and astrology and being kind of like the Ariadne, um, you know, you're kind of like my Dionysus <laughs> to the Ariadne, but finding those pathways and understanding it conceptually and having these visions and liberations that come from that um, and pairing it with embodied deepening has not only deepened my understanding of astrology and like helped me access things that I've been able to intuit in my chart, but it's it's opened me up to new horizons I didn't even imagine. Mm. Um, it's profound. Thank you, babe. What's coming through with peak experience in this moment as we're talking about it is um, the, 
the the opening and the contraction that happens inevitably hmm. inside of peak experience like it's um it has this motion of like we we open and then we have a little oof like oof cuz like so much of the reason why we've learned to shut down and not um not open to our arrows not open to our our grief, our emotions, all of this is because of um, feeling really vulnerable in the opening. Because it is so when when we're when we're holding the truth of our opening, and in this responsible way, we're in this really deep sense and connection to the impermanence of it all. Like it's 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 being in the embodied sense of life and death that are not separate nor even opposing but that spectrum through an embodied way of, of moving it's like literally like we're in this we're in this we're in that malleability and I think that that can feel so sensational to sit inside of and that the mind wants to get re- like can get really active and then the egoic construct wants to come back in and hijack that level of erotic vulnerability that we're cultivating and like resting inside of in ourselves that feels more comfortable having control which is why people engage with plant medicines that um take you that like that these plant medicines that hold the essence of peak experience inside of them where you're kind of like don't have any choice but to open you don't have no choice but to open to the to that blueprint of that experience of what it is to be in that erotic vulnerable state and we are not going to be engaging with plant medicines right with any like psychedelic psychedelic plant medicines at this um at this experience because um not that we're anti them whatsoever but because uh because frankly what's possible through our own body and breath and through really ritual that is connected to the elements ceremony that is connected to the elements and when we cultivate that capacity to sense subtlety in our body um and to move as one (laughs) mythopoetic organism right like as a whole like we create a field together uh the places that we can go to are this sort of peak experience right what is possible in that realm is beyond and so that's what we're doing and um yeah it's like i think in one form or another we're all we're all looking to um to connect to the divine through our being like we we, we want to come back to that you know and so i think that peak experience one of the many reasons why peak experience is taboo or controlled it comes back to just like when people go into a, a true state of a peak experience they remember the fucking truth and uh they they move out of the state of just the ego having its control and it it connects us to who we really are and our own like innate wisdom and 
that's that's dangerous. <laughs> that's dangerous to society. That's dangerous to actually um, embody and be your own true essence in this world. True. <laughs> Mm. and you know it's in Sabrina and I were talking about this before we went on live and I was like you know it's so funny how so much of my work is actually into is actually about coming into this like really deep sobriety in our lives and my definition of sobriety when I'm speaking about it is like rooted in um, is, is, is like rooted in what actually is, but I'm always careful with that because when we only uh, when we're only stuck in this idea of like what actually is is just in the physical and we lose the sense of touch that we have with the imaginative and with the archetypal and with the creative and with the liminal. And I'm not talking about being in delusion about like, you know, the way that that can be so misconstrued in the sense of, you know, I'll just give like a, like a really random example, but like, you know, let's say you're into some dude or some chick and they're like not, not answering your messages but you're like in some idea you're some you're in some delusion that they're like your soulmate or something i'm not talking about like being in that form of uh tapped out of reality out of reality extractive fantasy i'm not talking about that i'm talking about like the our own our own innate connection that we have to um to to, to essence like to our own essence to the way that um, we can begin to listen to our soul through our body and the way that our soul speaks through us being through imagery and through whispers and through um, symbols and having this like mythopoetic way of being in our lives. You know, I, I think it's like that is actually what we are so hungry for. Like we're that's what we're actually so hungry for. And... Um, and when we, and that involves having a lot of playativity and a lot of, a lot of creativity and a lot of play, and allowing ourselves to have that childlike awe and wonder, right? Um, which is a deeply embodied erotic experience, and coming back into that, remembering that, is, is a is a key thing that we're going to be doing in this retreat. In this experience and so much of what I really bring into my my ceremonial work yeah this reminds me of how like when we're interested in personal development or changing our lives for the better there's these different directions that we can go in like the underworld and the soul work and the excavating and the shadow work all of that like subterranean realm but also the realm of spirit, um, of insight, of this really high state of joy, um, the two are deeply connected. Hmm. So I've never had a peak experience that didn't shake me down to my core, hmm. you know? And even when I um, 
engage really intentional practices of elevating my reality um, on a daily basis, it does bring up shadow work. Um, so I don't encounter peak experience as some kind of escape from the truth of my life. What I do see it as is it helps me not get stuck in the mud um, and get entrenched because there's like quicksand. There's Staying in the bardo, right? The yeah. like, the like, you go into the underworld and then you just stay in the underworld, and you're like, you know what? And this, you know, this has this has happened to me before, and not for long, thankfully, because I think true embodiment work really actually has to have a particular healthy dose of fire and yang energy that like again shakes you up you know but this is this is getting stuck in the it's getting stuck in the bardo and and it's actually not fully living and it's not fully dying either like it's actually not fully grieving because when we really grieve right and i think i believe <laughs> when we open the the Pandora's box of our grief We stop being victimized by grief. We're like walking hand in hand with grief and we're allowing ourselves to grieve and that actually feeds our life, right? but Not truly grieving makes for feeling like Grieving is suffering. You're not fully grieving and you're more likely to get stuck in that underworld where uh, You don't want to fully come out because that would actually require a lot of vulnerability to really come out. <laughs> and even too, in terms of like the, the way reality relates to us, so I'm speaking of like the animistic side of reality, um, when I'm open to peak experience, when I'm cultivating that elevated reality, things happen in my world or opportunities come my way that feel like I did timeline jump or I kind of have this like quantum shift into another realm and it's fun. It really challenges, you know, the, the monotony of the mundane or the monotony of being like stuck, yeah, in that underworld space. It's like opening up to possibility, um, both in our bodies and our neural pathways and then in the reality that we're in the soup of and magnetizing experiences in. And I think that that happens as a direct correlation because we are open, <laughs> right? We're open to life. We're open in our systems. And when we're open, when we're like letting the life in, which isn't to say you only got to let in the sunlight or you only got to let in um you know, what feels good. No, like opening is opening to the impermanent state of all of it. It's opening to the full pie of arrows, which is going to inevitably take you into feeling everything, but seeing actually how much it shifts and like having this, again, this like malleability, this permeability, because what's inside of us is so like rooted and anchored and holding us that um, we actually get to be touched by life. Like it requires an enormous amount of strength internally to be able to be open to life. And I'm not stop talking about a strength that's like strength like this. I'm not talking about a strength that's um, that's like 
having to prove itself and talking about like a warrior like strength that is born from within gorgeous mm. <laughs> we are so excited, so excited to have you guys <laughs> whoever these nine people are this this retreat is open. This mythopoetic ritualistic experience is open to anybody. It's open to and like anybody 21 or older that wants to spend five days, four nights in a gorgeous villa in Crete, in Greece for the summer solstice this year, June 21st through the 25th. And it's really going to be five days of a full-blown experience into, into ecstasy, <laughs> into, uh, without the MDMA, into the, the, these myths. Do you want to say a little bit about the myths? Yeah, we're working with Dionysus as a guiding light, um, given that he is a god of revelry and the party, the... Um, debauchery, like just full out going for it. It's like unhinged. it's like it's like sacred and profane, like being unhinged, like like letting go of your control, letting like really, really. Dionysus has this potentiality of just full blown blasting that shit away. Right. He overtakes us. Over overtakes us, but not um, but not in this like not in like a way, but like an inter internal way. This is important, right? Internal. Um, and then we're tracking myths, um, characters that Dionysus is connected to, like Semele, his mother, um, Ariadne, his wife, Demeter, um, and some others that will be in the mix here. Um, but they all offer pathways, templates um, into understanding through our own bodies as we work with these myths, how these stories, how these universal imprints live inside of us. Um, and they open doors. Every time I work with myths, there's like this expansion, um, this opening to life really that occurs through it. Um, and by exploring Dionysian relationships, so the gods that Dionysus is in myth with, um, we'll learn about Dionysus and experience Dionysus in our bodies, but also map it um, in an ecosystem of the Dionysian. Mm. Working with myths and working with storytelling and archetypal theater is, this is after years of doing a lot of embodiment work, some of the deepest form of embodiment work that you can do. Like when you bring a myth to life through your body and the doorways of perception that that opens and the neural pathways that are created through your body when you really, really let in an archetype all the way through, this is so seriously some of the most transformative form this transformative type of embodiment that you can do and we're going to be like working together and guiding these very specific rituals and experiences in with the sea with the fire with the waters with our own bodies in connection to the earth in a gorgeous villa in with, the mediterranean in the mediterranean air. air with with fruit with the food like to really um to really open to really open this this part of your arrows into form it's it's gonna be amazing it's gonna be like extravagant and um 
awakening very awakening and it, it has it just it's just a really gorgeous frequency and we are very excited to hold this and to invite you in to to be with us so send us a dm either one of us a grape emoji to express your interest and we'll be in touch and we will be in touch we will send you an application and share more details with you and that's it for now so really excited to be with you all in the flesh soon nine of you i'm really i'm really stoked we'll blow this out Click the link in the notes to apply for ecstasies and I cannot wait to go deep and high and into the beyond with you this summer in Greece. Mm -hmm.